we get Russell out, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is, the one-man force of nature that is Mr. Russell Brand, ladies and gentlemen. Who wants this? Do you want this? G wants this? Hold on. Do we hold this? <laughs> Hello, Russell. How do you do? I am well, thank you. Um, okay, oh, should we thank start? Thank you for coming to help me promote this book. I'm happy to be here. I, very much, I did enjoy the first book. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was far better a read than I expected. How do you write? Do you actually uh, sit down and write like that? Or do you yeah, take it's fucking boring. Right, what I have to do first is like uh, I sit with my mate John, tell him all sorts of stories, he records them, then he writes out a bullet-pointed list of all the things I've said, and sometimes transcriptions if things came out really, really good, because, you know, I can be quite verbose and loquacious sometimes anyway, comes out fully formed sometimes, emerges all nice. Then I sit locked up in a room by Nick Linnin, who's my manager and best man at my forthcoming wedding. He locks me in a room, removes the possibility of all other activity, disconnects the internet, because otherwise, wanking. <laughs> otherwise, oh, I've written 15 words, and all of those words were, I want to wank, I want to wank. So that, the internet is disconnected. I'm locked into a room, and then every so often, Nick just like posts some slops through the door, which is pretty much what I'd be doing if we had internet. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Nick, Nick just ke keeps me locked up and makes me write. I wrote some of this book in the Austrian Alps. I wrote some in the hills of Tuscany. No one cares where you wrote it. I just yes. want to establish you did indeed write it. No one <laughs> wants to know where you've been in your fucking holidays. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's not talk specifically about stuff in the book, though, because some right. stuff you said earlier... Uh, trying to promote a fucking thing. Well, <laughs> what I wanted you to do. It's all about you, anyway. Do you but, like that? Uh, I don't like that picture of you, no. Someone said to me it was a bit indulgent. I think it, it well... <laughs> that was my own mum. <laughs> it's a bit indulgent, darling, isn't no, it? No, I tell you what, it doesn't look that much like you. It looks yes, like, it does. No, it doesn't. That it isn't doesn't. a photo of me by my mate Alfie. Alfie know, but, took the photo, then Shepard Fairey took that photo, illustrated it, and made it much more glamorous. But yeah, there you are. it looks like you've been photoshopped. It looks like those sort of things you see outside big record stores sometimes. It doesn't look like you. And I think people like you because you are flawed. Obviously, you're not what a conventionally. Do you mean? No, it ain't. Uh, you're not a conventionally attractive man, but you've got yes, a I certain am. something. Fuck off! You've got a weird little fucking nose with weird hairs that grow out of it, and you know it. Even I your mum. Your no. mum called you a fetus earlier when no. I heard that. You said he looks, since he shaved, he looks like a malformed fetal boy. Did I said that. And I think my mum said, no, he doesn't. I said, but you was being oafish and overbearing, so she couldn't express herself properly. Shut up. Every um, time I say the word express now, I go back to the image of the tit milk. Of course. Stuck with that now? All right, let's uh, dwell on the tit milk for a second longer. Is Katie really okay when you talk about this kind of thing? I mean, I know she's saying she is, but is she really? Have you learned to read people? Is she really okay? Have I learned to read people? But how do you read a person? Well, you look at them. I and you work out no what they're. You work out what they're really thinking. I mean, well, they say a thing, but how, they don't mean that thing. How long have you been together with Katie now for? Nearly a year. Oh, so that's what? a while. Oh no, okay. in fact, a year. In a year. Someone a year. laughed, knowing you. Ah, oh, yeah. He'll be back that. in the alley <laughs> in a couple of hours. Signing autographs in jizz.
That's why the front page is made of Kleenex, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> in case you do want that autograph. <laughs> um, so, uh, but no, but, but she's genuinely, she's read it, or she just vaguely knows the area? I read it, or? I, to be honest, I read it to her. And you read it all to her? Yeah, because I was writing it once, like, halfway through, when I was telling you about all where I wrote it, you said it was boring and no one cared about my holidays. But the fact was, the first half of the book I wrote before I met her, and then the second half, I wrote while I knew her. So I was going, oh, this is what I've done today, and would read her bits of it. And then sometimes if it would, like, went into a long passage about how I was drinking a big load of tit milk, I'd just go, oh, and there's just some stuff about nutrition. <laughs> you don't need to know about that. So, but you are walking away from all this, which yeah, I can see that you would perhaps want to walk away from, but that's... Uh, that's you certainly like, shouldn't reverse that into was, it. That was a big part of your life. That was a big part of your life. That was a kind of a defining characteristic of yours, wasn't it? It was yeah. a compulsion, I suppose. I really, really liked it. I really, really like all the different types of girls there. I just find people very, very beautiful and alluring. Not just in a sexual way. I really like children, elderly, men. Oh, I just like things and beauty and life and vivacity. And that's a very clear way of expressing it. If you're a heterosexual man, female beauty, there's a really obvious narrative. Oh, give it a cut. Especially if you're a Hammers fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're not going <laughs> to... You're, but you're going to miss that, or you're not going to miss that, or that's fine, you can direct that towards Katie, or, or... Ah, well, what it is, is this Swami said to me, all forms of desire are the inappropriate substitute for the desire to be at one with God. So all these things are permutations. So I think the desire to dress nicely, the desire to be at a West Ham match, the desire to sleep with loads of women, is just our animus, our desire, groping to find a kind of unity. And I think if you move into an alignment with other universal forces of creativity, then you find more direct things. And there's nothing more direct than love, whether it's a love of an individual or an idea or a creed. Like If you feel love within yourself, then that supersedes desire. This is my hope. It seems to be helping you. You seem to be, you're no less uh, manic, but you're obviously focused in a different way. And, yeah. uh, you know, you obviously miss doing stand-up, I get the feeling, because uh, seeing you out here earlier, that was some of the best stand-up I've seen for years. And it was probably the best. I've only seen you do bits and starts, but it was some of the best I've seen you do. Uh, oh. And it was, it was terrific, wasn't it? Wasn't it a great start? So, is that something you miss in this, you know... Please, no more, no more. I couldn't take it. Is that something you miss, this, this kind of thing? Because making movies, as you said, it is quite boring. Yeah, it's fucking it is quite boring. And you haven't got control. And I you're hate kind of, it. You're a cog in a bigger machine. You're just a cog in a machine. Here, you're the big thing. I'm a bloody great big yeah, cog. Huge. So? That guy's a hell of a cog. I hear people shout that in the street. So you're going to do more stand-up? Are you going to do a tour again or something like that? Yeah, this is what I love doing most because I love to be with people. I love the proximity and the love. It feels better now because uh, before it was, I always loved doing the stand-up and the jokes part of the evening, but I was always in the back of my mind thinking to the bit where Danny would give out the wristbands and I'd get to fuck everyone. <laughs> Not quite everyone, though. But, I Not mean, you everyone. Were the... It was generally human females. But if you leave the door open, you can't be sure. Have you ever had sex with a man? No, I've never found it remotely interesting, have you? I just, uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I just don't like the protuberances, the smell, the musk of a man, the stubbliness. I like femininity. I like the curves, the taste, the scent, the hair, the gentleness, the estrogen. I don't want some big bo bloke bearing down me. Bad enough if you have a threesome and there's another bloke there. It's very off-putting. So that's a no then, but you've thought about it quite a lot, obviously. You've... 
You've thought about why you wouldn't want it to happen. I've been in threesomes with a man, and like he's always, you sort of, you don't want to bump into each other. It's an odd atmosphere. Oh, sorry about all this. Oh, excuse me, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> like in Ghostbusters, where they don't want to cross the lines. Don't cross <laughs> the streams. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, because of the, like, yeah, she is actually. Okay. She's very spiritual because she got that dogma from when she's a kid, eh? Well, I was going to ask about that because, because are you, you're you Buddhist or you agnostic with kind of like, you know, Eastern religion leanings? Religion. Or? I've just been looking at books and listening to clever people. I have, like, I've not put anything together where I could think, oh, yeah, wholeheartedly that doctrinaire would be useful but, to But me. you're not going to follow. You wouldn't go into uh, any kind of particular school no. of church thinking or indeed Christian thinking. Her parents are... Evangelists, aren't they? Yeah, they're born again Christian evangelists. Now, is that not is that not a a bit weird for you? B a bit just strange generally. I was a bit scared when I first heard that the woman I'd fallen in love with's parents were born again evangelical Christians because I thought, oh no, what would they think of me? <laughs> but then uh, I met them and they were just human beings and they're sort of all lovely. And her dad was like a sort of like a mad tripped out dude from the sixties and like you know sort of that got found Christianity through LSD, which is perhaps the best way to find it. I don't know. Elephant, which is you talk a lot about Marcy, and there's a scene in the, the book, you describe the <laughs> evening uh, in a very funny way that when we went on stage after Marcy, and I'm not laughing because he was unwell, but he was unwell that night. Yeah, so he that couldn't go and sing it. is not funny. And he genuinely, you could see, and any fan in the audience could see, the guy couldn't sing that night. And he came out and well. he tried to sing. And then someone came up and asked us, didn't they? Yeah. Whether we would go. I think they asked you first. What happened was, is they asked fucking Walliams, right? Us lot, right? It was a gig at a roundhouse. Mor Morrissey's voice fell over blatantly and he just bowled off the stage and you could see his band going, oh, fuck, fuck, and try and fill in, try and do a new formation. But if you're in Morrissey's band and Morrissey fucks up, what are you going to do? Juggle? <laughs> you know? Like, so Morrissey's bowled off and then, like, Morrissey's friend, Jen Ivory, was sat behind me and Walliams and David Walliams, like Salieri out of the film Amadeus, went, you should go on and do stand up. <laughs> He's like the evil Jiminy Cricket, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, evil Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yeah. Jiminy fuck it, Jiminy wank it, Jiminy So wank you it. then thought maybe that's a good idea? Yeah, like, like I go, no, I goes, I'll fucking do it if you will. And he went, okay, like that. Like he didn't mind throwing himself under the fucking carriage with me. All right, and then we got, and then he went, Jonathan's over there. It's like, oh, Jonathan, Jonathan, let's go and do an announcement on the stage and tell these Morrissey fans that Morrissey ain't coming back, which for some reason I thought would be funny and a good idea. But you know what? It's partly our ego that we thought that would make the evening okay for them. How these pathetic poor is bastards. that? They, and these are people who travelled, many of them have travelled a long way and had saved up and were desperate to see Morrissey perform that. And we thought, we'll go out and do two minutes of jokes and fuck around for a minute. And they'll go, that was all right. Do you know what? This turned out better. Sure, we didn't see Morrissey, who we love deeply, but those arrogant pigs <laughs> came out and boasted for and us. And what made worse was that they thought we were laughing at them because Williams went out first and someone threw a bottle at his head. So we, as you would, laughed at that. <laughs> so we're standing there laughing. It still gets me. But we're pointing towards Williams laughing. And of course, we realize it looks like we're pointing to the crowd going, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And then when you went up to do a tight five minutes, I remember, and they started booing, I thought that was so funny, I got out my camera to take a picture of you dying on your ass, so it looked like I was taking pictures of dissatisfied Marcy fans. <laughs> we were like tourists of other people's misery, inadvertently. Not just wallowing in it, recording it so we can enjoy it again later. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Lucky we got out of there in one piece. Yeah, we, we went off. And I remember there were still people angry outside. Like, you can understand the anger in the moment because you're still disappointed about not seeing Morrissey. And then some people have come on you and somewhere in you think, fuck off, you cunts, right? That I can understand, right? Because you're a Morrissey fan, so you're already, you know... So I... <laughs> And I speak from this position, all right? So, like, uh, and like, but as, like, there's a mad bit. There's an answer phone message from David Baddiel, who was also there, but wisely swerved coming out on the stage with us. And, like, um, he, and, like, he, he, oh, there's a message on my phone going, oh, Russell, uh, yeah, you should probably be careful when you leave the building because uh, Jonathan and David were attacked by still angry Morrissey fans. Like, outside, like, on their way home, they're, like, still... 
Villa are again! No, we were. We, we, we were chasing Morrissey we now. People were falling, thick armed men were falling over each other to try and strike us yeah. as we were making our way to what was a flamboyant pink car I was driving that evening, which they took as further proof I was cunting them off. <laughs> oh, he's in a pink car! He's having a dig at Dagenham Dave! <laughs> but anyway, his misery is here this evening, isn't he? Yeah. So if he you're a Marcy fan, you might want to let that know because that's an incredible, that nice to know you're in the same business, uh, the same building as. He's here somewhere. His misery, the mope. Your Highness, Your Highness. All right, uh, we've got some questions to get through, and I'm going to do some, uh, ask some questions. If you've got questions for, for Russell Think Up, we'll do like 10 minutes of that in a minute. We'll turn the lights up. First of all, they want me to do a few of these from Twitter, so you might have Twittered a question in here. Some of these we've covered, so I'll move on from those. But uh, uh, here's one here. Um, oh, let's have a look. What's a good one here? That's boring. That's boring. That's boring. See, he can self-censor. Mm. No, no, I'm censoring other people's work here, Russell. I can do that. I just can't <laughs> stop myself from talking nonsense. Uh, okay. Do you think... Oh, that's rubbish. Uh, I do think. Yes. Have you, uh, here, there's a, <laughs> I was thinking just then. There's a few questions about um, Infant Sorrow, the band that you kind of uh, play, perform as a singer. Aldous Snow in both those movies. Yeah, what and you in made. films that you have just casually adjudged. No, they were not successful enough. With a sweeping gesture. <sighs> they were both shockingly competent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good, and you were good in them, but That's they weren't artist. as quite as good as they, they could, could have been. Um, but the band itself... Not as good as they could have been. Jonathan Ross. Would you not rather I was honest with you? <laughs> no! I want sycophancy and glory. Thanks. Uh, so, you, are there would, any would, the, yeah, would the band, would you like to do that properly? Would you consider actually making, uh, the, turn it into a real-life band? Would you perform... On the road with them, would you do any of that kind of uh, no, shenanigans? No, because I am too shy to be a proper rock star. They've got a whole different energy. No, come on, I'm a comedian. You must be serious. I'd much rather be a sexy comedian than the world's weirdest, weediest rock star. <laughs> I believe that job is taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, uh, no. Like, I did a thing the other day where I'd done a gig on stage with Carl Barat, right? And yeah. then, like, I sort of thought, I felt like the Make-A-Wish Foundation had organised it. You know what I mean? So I stand there and Carl Barat's probably, he's so sort of sexy and lying, I just want to touch him. And, like, uh, and I was sort of stood there, like, oh, can't stand me now! Like, it's sort of like, <laughs> I've not got that sort of energy. I'm better at saying things that are funny. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't switch that energy to that, though? Or you nah. wouldn't want to? I'm still Do you write? I mean, you write, I do think you have, a, you have a wonderful use of language. And we know that just from here you speak, you're very fluent and you're very kind of uh, colourful and expressive. Um, do you write poetry? Do you write songs? I used to write self-indulgent poems when I was a teenager. Uh, my mum's got them in bin bags, which is frankly where they belong. They should. They'll surface one day, won't they? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, if I ever cut her off, to care. Okay. <laughs> Loads of these. These are all fine. If you're someone in, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not being disposed about them, but they're kind of like joke questions, like who's got the bigger pecker, Noel or Liam, stuff like that. I don't you know, know, I don't look at their penises. Would you ever, would you ever do Playboy for guys? You, you're comfortable with nudity? Because your body's looking better than it used to. You've got Thank a bit you more bastard. of a shape on you now. No, no. But what do you, you mean, I'm more thin? Yeah, you're much thinner, but in a way that suits you, not, not in an eating disorder way. You, you used to look kind of odd. You were a weird-shaped man. <laughs> you were. He was a very odd-shaped man because he was quite attractive in clothes, but he was, uh, and I'm a weird-shaped man. Hold on. Let me just read a section from my book. While you're, uh, this is all let, let's let the room echo with your statement, you're a weird-shaped man. What? What? <clears throat> At Jonathan's house, when the canine riot abates and he talks, you can see why he has become the host of a nation's Friday night. Where confidence ends, some new quality is assumed that smooths you through the evening, relaxed and entertained. Jane will once in a while roll her eyes more deftly than he'll ever roll an R, and reminds him that he's being... <laughs> But he's being daft, but they both know it's thoroughly amusing. Jonathan, seemingly himself, 
selects which will be the UK's next comedy phenomenon. He did it with Vic and Bob, Little Britain, Ricky Gervais, the mighty Bush, and now he had chosen me. He has a fine sense of humour. Not only is he funny, he also recognises it in others. He has maintained his relevance for decades, and even though he was thought of as cool and edgy when I watched him as a kid, he is now, whilst the, whilst the country's most highly paid broadcaster, kept that edge and remained elevant. He, relevant. He is a good... Elevant in the room. He, he is a good bloke. One night after I'd sought sanctuary his house, he gave me a lift home in that daft orange car, blah, 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 blah. blah. Right? Nice about you, is yeah, my but, core uh, message. But listen, I'm not being... Weird-shaped feet. You, 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 Where's you, it going to end? 